It's funny that so many of us either know the word didgeridoo or know the sound it makes, but we don't know anything else. I know I was absolutely clueless when my expert today approached me and pitched the idea for the episode. I was even more surprised to learn that it can aid or eliminate sleep apnea. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Pitts Quatrone. Pitts is a didgeridoo expert with over 25 years of experience playing what many historians believe to be the oldest instrument on the planet. Pitts has even had a song of his played on Jimmy Fallon's The Tonight Show. Overall, it's a pretty short episode with a whole lot of sound effects. Let's hit those low notes. Welcome to the show, Pitts Quatrone. Well, thanks for having me on the show today, Colton. I appreciate the invitation. Yes, I am very excited to have you on. Why don't you give a little introduction about who you are to the people listening? Okay, my name's Pitts Quatrone. I live in Vermont for the last 25 years, been living in Vermont. Grew up in the Philadelphia area, and the didgeridoo has <laughs> entered my life many years ago and has put me on a healthy positive path and a mission to share it with as many people as I can. And when we first met, I was like, all right, this is fascinating because I know nothing about the didgeridoo. Like, what is the didgeridoo? The didgeridoo is a wind instrument from the Aboriginal people in Northern Australia. And a lot of music experts consider it to be the oldest musical instrument on the planet. No one really knows exactly how it old it is, the estimates between 1500 and up to 40,000 years old. So in how it is used traditionally is it's basically a hollowed out tree branch is what it is structurally. And uh, what happens is termites eat out the center of a tree trunk and then out the branches. And that's how it gets hollow structurally hollow tube. That's really all you need. It can be made out of anything. The traditional ones are eucalyptus branches. Uh, I make instruments out of any natural material. Uh, should be about four feet long at its shortest and uh, for the sound to resonate properly, but they can go as long as six, seven feet. Uh, they're unusual, the longer ones, but most common between four and a half to five feet, a little bit more than five feet long. Interesting. And traditionally wood. Do people make them out of other materials now? Yeah, anything really. Um, you know, I make them out of bamboo, uh, this weed that grows around here called cow parsnips, uh, sunflower stalks. Some people in the in the desert areas or down way down at the bottom of uh, Florida, it's made out of agave stalks or the century plant. You know, the, the plant shoots up this giant stalk at the end of its life so it can produce seeds. And uh, just after the, the seeds die off and start to, the flowers start to turn brown, that's harvest time because then you can split it open, chisel out the inside, seal up the walls, glue the whole works back together. You've got a great sounding ditch. Interesting. And being made of so many things kind of, you know, from anywhere that you're at, 
seems like that would cut the cost down well below other instruments that you'd find. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to do it, you can do it for free. Get the uh, cardboard tube out of like holiday wrapping paper or um, a plastic plumbing pipe that, you know, at the PV at the uh, hardware store or home center. Uh, sometimes they have cutoffs that are four feet long and are pretty much junk to the store. And that makes a great sounding ditch. I stay away from the plastic stuff and stick with all natural materials. But yeah, any hollow tube will do it. Interesting. And this being, you know, like you said, possibly the oldest thing on the planet, I'm trying to get like the mental image in my head is somebody picks up and they're like, wow, look at this tree branch. It just fell off. Now it's all hollow. And they just start making like a sound through it. They're like, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, well, you pretty much nailed the <laughs> the uh, creation story for the Didge. The story that I know, the first Didge, is at the end of the day, this one guy was gathering wood for his fire and he looked at this one log and he noticed termites were crawling all over it and he picked it up and he looked in there and and saw that it was hollow and there was termites all all up inside of it and then he grabbed the ditch so he didn't want to put those termites or ants into the fire and kill them so he saved them by blowing them out And he blew them out, and it's believed that those termites flew up into space and formed the Milky Way. Nice. Interesting. You get a couple of origin stories there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so the didgeridoo is, uh, you know, traditionally around the fire at nighttime. There's someone uh, telling a story or singing a story. And then there's two or three, four people dancing, imitating the movements of what's happening in the story. And then there's one, sometimes two didgeridoo players. They're, what their job is to imitate the sounds of what's happening in that story. So whatever it is, nature sounds, whatever's happening, then it's the didge player's job to make that sound, kind of like the original sound effects machine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're in charge of all of the ambiance here. That's it. Yeah, it's great. And another thing, the, the word didgeridoo is not an Aboriginal term. That was made up by the first Europeans who showed up in Australia, and they never saw this instrument, never heard it before. They didn't know what it was. So what they did was they made up a name based on the sound that they heard. Didgeridoo, didgeridoo, didgeridoo. So automatopoeia, didgeridoo. <laughs> Interesting. Is there like... Yeah a surviving aboriginal term for it great question yeah there is uh, depending on where you are in the in the country the ditch has a couple dozen different names you know local areas local uh, communities call it different things one word that is accepted pretty much countrywide is the word yadaki y-i-d-a-k-i yadaki in some areas, Yeraki means short didgeridoo or mosquito didgeridoo. Huh. Interesting. So yeah. when did you start playing this? Um, I could tell you the exact day. <laughs> <laughs> it was Christmas Day, 1993. Okay. And what was and that, going on? <laughs> well, uh, my lovely wife, uh, who knows I love weird sounds and strange sounds and cool, you know, vibey, atmospheric 
spooky sounds, she knew that I was interested in the didge because a few years earlier I, I saw it or I heard it in um, the Crocodile Dundee movies. And I was just like, oh man, what is that sound? That is, sounds so cool. And then I started hearing it in different commercials and movies and TV shows. And then uh, I, I found some music. And uh, so I told her about that. And this was kind of like before the internet was really happening. So she somehow got a, a hold of a really cool world music uh, instrument catalog, mail order catalog. So <clears throat> she sent away for it. And I saw this long box under the Christmas tree one year. I'm like, hmm, what's that thing? <laughs> so uh, and it really helped is it came with an instructional cassette. So that's how long ago we're talking. It's a, it was a cassette. That's the format. <laughs> but uh, it was really helpful. So I listened to that and the guy gave great descriptions. And I practiced along with that, tried to imitate what he was doing. Um, one tricky thing was I, I really couldn't see what he was doing. So I had to kind of figure some things out on my own. Uh, there was no YouTube, so you can't just dial in how to play didgeridoo and bang. You have like 75 choices. Um, so I figured a few things out and once I was navigated my way around those mysteries, uh, I was off and running. Yeah. I mean, that certainly seems like the advantage today is that there are instructors for everything out here on the internet. Is there like a broad community for the didgeridoo like instructors? Well, uh, there is something called the didgeridoo sleep apnea network and what that is is uh first of all let me back up um in 2005 the british medical journal published a study from this doctor in switzerland who had 25 obstructive sleep apnea patients and he brought in a didgeridoo teacher so those folks they played six days a week a half an hour a day for four months and at the end of that four months their apnea episodes either dramatically decreased or completely went away. And it's been explained to me from from doctors and uh, medical folks is uh, sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea is uh, muscles in your throat get a little loose and flabby and they get in the way they obstruct the airway. So that's what causes these episodes playing the didgeridoo, especially circular breathing with the didgeridoo, it's an internal workout for those muscles in your lower throat. So it's like push-ups for those muscles. And what happens is after a while, they get nice and strong and straight and taut. So there's no obstruction of the airway. Air can flow freely and then the apnea episodes disappear. So getting back to your question, there is a sleep apnea teacher, it's sleep apnea didgeridoo teaching network, and I'm a member of that. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I would not have thought when people are like, oh, yeah, I play the didgeridoo, you know, recreationally. And you're like, oh, why'd you start that? And they're like, oh, it cured my sleep apnea. You're like, I'm <laughs> sorry, it did what? <laughs> Yeah, it's I know it's 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 a crazy concept when you first hear it. But if you think about it, it's like, oh, that makes sense, you know, and especially when you're playing the didge, right? Your lips are flapping nice and loose. 
eventually you're going to run out of air. So what needs to be done is you, you breathe while you play so the sound is continuous. And that's called circular breathing. And that, and I'll explain that and demo that for you. But that transition of air is really the springboard in working those muscles in the throat that really, really help with the sleep apnea. Because then that's like you're on overdrive. You're on Olympic training for those muscles with the sleep, with the uh, circular breathing. So here it is. I'm playing, right? Eventually, I'm going to need to breathe. So what I do is I catch some air in my cheeks on its way out. And with my cheeks alone, squeeze in to empty my mouth. And that keeps my lips flapping for just a second. So I'm not actually breathing out. I'm just emptying my cheeks with the emptying with that the cheek muscles pushing, propelling the air forward. That keeps my lips flapping for a second. That's my split second opportunity to breathe up my nose for my lungs. So it's one big circle. And that's where this, the name circular comes from, because it's continuous. And I'll do that two or three, four times in a row while I'm playing so I can refuel uh, for air for my lungs and the music continues. So there's no break in the music. I'm breathing while I play. Yeah. I mean, that seems like quite a skill to learn on its own because I was trying to think of how I could talk and, you know, take in air without having to like stop and take either a deep breath or take an extremely like sharp breath, which would make me, you know, disoriented in a moment. And so like just learning to keep going through that has to be quite the skill on its own. It is. That's the trickiest part about playing Didge. And I don't introduce that to my students until way, way down the road because I like I've developed this step by step goal oriented program or curriculum to play the didgeridoo. And I've taught thousands of people. Anyone can learn to play the didge. Anyone can circular breathe. So we start with one breath. Just flapping your lips. Once you get that nice drone foundation, that is your base to add other things on top of that. And all those things we're adding to it are beneficial down the road for circular breathing. Circular breathing is about cheek muscles and timing. And there's a million exercises you can do to develop both of those things, those aspects, and then we put it together. Yeah. And obviously there's a great, you know, recreational market. Like you said, this is incredibly beneficial. Is there also like a professional music aspect to playing the didgeridoo? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's Aboriginal players that are, you know, superstars in, in, uh, down in Australia. Uh, but there's other people too, Europeans, uh, Americans, uh, one of my favorite Didge players is a guy named uh, Dr. Didge. Uh, Graham Wiggins is his real name, but he actually earned that name, the title of doctor, because he studied, he has a PhD in the physics of the didgeridoo from Oxford. Oh. <laughs> Serious credentials. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And obviously, yeah. like you'd said, there's, you know, Didge like music in other movies like you said you had heard it in like crocodile dundee which is obviously like an australian movie to start with taking place yeah. in the u.s but 
that means that it's used in some kind of orchestra settings at some point in time in order to make those professional musics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of symphony, uh, there's a guy, William Barton, who sits, he's an Aboriginal guy who sits in with the, the Sydney uh, Symphony. So this is, the, the didge is an incredibly versatile musical instrument. And one of my things is I grew up in the Philadelphia area. I'm not an Aboriginal guy. I'm not from Australia. I grew up in the Philadelphia area in the 60s and 70s on rock and roll, funk, soul, Motown, the Philadelphia sound, psychedelic stuff, all kinds of great music gumbo happening at that point. So that's my background, but I play this really cool ancient instrument. So what I do is I put the dig in a lot of different musical settings, not just my own fun, funky stuff, but stuff from all over the world. I mean, the didgeridoo has taken me to Greenland, to Africa, all around the United States. So everywhere I go, I try to play with the local local bands or artists and say, if they're open-minded enough, and almost all of them are, like, hey, let's try this song. Okay, what key are you in? Okay, you got it. The, the song is in the key of D. Let me get my D dig, bang, and then we can get started. Interesting. And I have to imagine it also gives you like quite an increased lung capacity doing that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does. Didgeridoo is a very physical instrument, and uh, it's very calm. You have to totally relax to get the proper tone and techniques. But at the same time, it is very physical. But like anything else, the more you do it, the more your body gets used to it. Uh, it it's up for the task, and, and you can go more and more each time. Yeah. But I mean, it has to have like other benefits because obviously, you know, I guess there are other wind instruments that probably help, you know, develop those breathing muscles, like either in your lungs as just increasing your capacity or whatever else. But that has to have like an increase on just your physical well-being where you're like, oh, yeah, I can now jog better because my lungs are far better. Like, so just from that aspect alone, like, yeah, my leg muscles might not be as good as a runner, but my lungs are great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you can't circular breathe, when when students first come to me, um, one thing I ask them to do is, is uh, play your dig just in one breath and time yourself and see how long that breath is. And there's no wrong answer. It could be 10 seconds, 8 seconds, 15, doesn't matter. Okay, so you do that the first time, write it down. And then you're, you're practicing dig every day. The following week, you do that same exercise. It always expands to a longer breath. And the following week, same deal. It keeps getting longer and longer. And then eventually, we glue all those breaths together with circular breathing so there's continuous music. Yeah. And then you're like, how long can I keep this up for just one flat period of time? Where like, if I just keep circular breathing, how long can I go before I just wear out? Well, you don't, if, if you're a seasoned player, you don't wear out. It's a matter of like, when do you want to stop? <laughs> I mean, you can go, I've played for, I don't know, 50 or 60 minutes at a time, you know, so it doesn't really, it's not, it's like riding a bike. If you're totally in shape, you can ride a bike 100 miles if you want to. You don't have to stop at 10 and take a breather and then do another 10. 
it's a, a similar concept. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you had said like doing this has taken you not only all over the country, but across the world to some extent. Where did you start pushing on this to say like, I want to be, you know, a professional or a speaker in this topic mm. or, you know, traveling with this? Where did all that, that all begin? Well, you know, it, the, the didgeridoo, it began with how this instrument saved me and gave me a healthy lifestyle and gave me a mission of sharing it with whoever is interested in helping whoever I can the way it helped me. So it it gave me a healthy path at a critical moment in my life where I was kind of nudging towards a dark road and of drugs and alcohol and potential criminal activity. <laughs> uh, but the ditch came to me and said, dude, that's a that's a dead end. You take I'm you're going to come with me. And luckily, I made that decision and uh, and went with the ditch. And it, it, I owe a lot to this hollowed out tree branch. It's given me not only a healthy life, but a mission in life to help other people with it as well. And it it all just kind of evolved into a super cool, fun, uh, rewarding career. So all these other things, a lot of times I will reach out to various festivals or venues or shows like, hey, this is what I do. Can can are you interested in talking about coming on the show? But more times than not, I get invited on play, to places like the Greenland trip. I was that was an invitation going to Senegal and performing and touring with top players in West Africa. That was an invitation. So uh, next week I'm going to a school in California for five days. That's a five day didgeridoo residency with an elementary school. That was an invitation. Huh. That's fascinating. And you're like how, you know, this ancient instrument saved a kid from philadelphia you know in a troubled time <laughs> that's it man that sounds like a movie doesn't it <laughs> yeah that's pretty much my story and and i again i love putting the didge in different musical settings like when we were in west africa uh i'm hanging out with these guys who are now my buds but then they were like new friends to me, but these guys are like top-notch players, man. I mean, they're in Baba Mall's band, the lead drummer from uh, the Wakanda Forever Black Panther soundtrack. His name is Masamba Jope. He's a friend of mine now. Masamba took me to his granddaughter's elementary school to play and share didgeridoo with these kids from Senegal. <laughs> oh, man. What a wild trip. And like you're saying, you know, this this instrument is kind of supposed to be a bit of, you know, an onomatopoeia or the sound effect machine to things. And that has to change like, you know, culture to culture, just like genre does where you're like, it's not like I'm making, you know, one or two notes. Like I have to match whatever is going on wherever I am. Yeah. And you know, the dig isn't right for every song or every genre, but the songs and the pieces that it locks in with is absolute. It's like this magnet foundational glue that just keeps everything together. So you can do a lot of things musically with the dig. It's not just a drone. I mean, you can, depending on the skill of the player, you can bend the pitch up or down almost a full step. And you can do rhythms with your tongue, like I'll demonstrate. You can do different rhythms with your tongue by moving your tongue forward and back. 
So there's a lot going on in there. And then the other thing you can do that's really unique <clears throat> with the Didge playing is you can bring your voice on top of everything. So your voice can harmonize with that drone. So you got two sources of sound there. You can harmonize, do unison, and just by saying, basically it's like, and then your lips. There's a lot going on in that hollowed out tube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there certainly yeah. is. Cause you're like, oh, you know, there's all these other instruments that have all these dials and switches and buttons you have to press at different levels to like make different noise and you're like i have a hollow branch <laughs> that's <laughs> all i need man <laughs> give me that hollowed out tree branch the power goes out doesn't matter i'm playing <laughs> that's awesome so do you run into a lot of misconceptions where you're like oh yeah i play a didgeridoo and there you know people have some kind of misconception that comes up a lot well you know, every once in a while that happens, you know, some people who are either closed minded or uh, don't know, I don't want to say don't know any better, but um, if they're not totally informed, they'll just brush it off like, oh, that's a drone instrument, it plays one note, but that's not it. I mean, through all the things I already described, this, this the dig is, it's really a powerful, flexible, versatile musical instrument. And so some people do have the preconceived notion. And one of them is Jimmy Fallon, because <laughs> one of my songs got on his show and he's like, oh, okay. and, they, and his production team edited and chopped up, completely reversed the 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 composition of my song, the arrangement of my song. And it sounded nothing like the original version that I recorded. So um, he's like, oh, okay, cool. And the dig is playing. It's a, there's a, like a minute long intro to this one piece. And then like the whole full rock band kicks in. So Jimmy Fallon said something like, oh, I feel duped because I came for the didgeridoo. And then it turns into this rock song. And just that phrase right there, I came for the didgeridoo and it turned into a rock song. That's like, dude, that's your vision for what you want to hear. This is my song. I'm the arranger and composer and performer. This is what I do. So don't put your constraints on my artistic freedom. Yeah, of course. You're like, hey, man, music is not whatever you think it is. It's whatever it can be. <laughs> Yeah, and it's whatever the composer wants it to be. Yeah. So, and and people can, you know, bring that in and, and contemplate that and, and how that relates to them. But to feel, to make negative statements, um, that's your own misconception of the listener. Yeah. Well, I think now I need a didgeridoo for the studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> yes. Well, I make instruments and they're on my website and uh, all my music is on my website. You can ask any smart speaker to play Pitts Quattrone and bang, you'll get a whole bunch of music there. So my music is all over the place and available in pretty much every platform. Yeah, awesome. Well, why don't you, you know, I've appreciated you being on the show. Why don't you tell everyone what the website is and where else to look for you? 
Sure. Um, it's my name.com and it's a funky name. It's Pitts Quattrone and that's spelled P-I-T-Z-Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-N-E.com. PittsQuattrone.com. And if you can't get that, just uh, search for Didgeridoo Vermont or Vermont Didge and I'll be the first hundred things to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So, I will put that in the show notes. So if anyone is looking for it, they could just open the notes to this podcast and there will be a link that will take you to that website. That sounds great, Colton. And uh, also on, on YouTube, I got tons of really cool, fun uh, music videos and then other things too. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel. And uh, there's a lot of really well-made, I must say, constructed uh, music videos of original music. Uh, and this videographer, Jim Gallagher, is his name. He lives here in, in Montpelier, Vermont. Outstanding videographer who does a great job with all my stuff. Awesome. And if people go and they, you know, they enjoy this episode, they want to learn more, they watch those videos, it is so easy to just hit the like button and leave a comment, especially, that just says, like, very cool awesome fun something super simple because that helps your creators also grow and helps more people find them yeah just that simple act you're right you nailed it just give it a thumbs up and in one or two three words of your your response it helps yeah it helps a lot well thank you so much for being here i have appreciated your time immensely this was so fun <laughs> all right colton thank you so much for inviting me on it's great to be with you I'm genuinely going to head to my local hardware store and buy some PVC pipe. I cannot begin to understand how I would hollow out four feet of a wooden branch, so that's my easy way out. Hopefully it'll help my sleep quality and make me giggle to myself all in one. April is officially over and it was a record-setting month for the show with most downloads and most new listeners. I'm extremely excited to see the show grow. But outside of that, here's how the month's ranks ended up. Number one, the United States, still under 50% of the total audience, with New Jersey, Texas, and California as the top states. What happened, Oregon? Number two, the United Kingdom, successfully holding out by just half of a percent against number three, Australia, with Victoria firmly dominating New South Wales in that last week. Number four, Canada, with Ontario beating British Columbia by a single listener. And number five, Germany, winning against New Zealand and led by Hessen. Alright, do all that good stuff for the show, please. Rate, review, like, and subscribe. Dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or social media if you want to reach out to me. Otherwise, that's it for today. Have a great week, and I'll see you all back here on Thursday. Stay dumb.